I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to a Cinematic Universe minisode. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me... Uh, to bring you a truncated version of the show that bridges the gap between our Dark Knight and Hellboy 2 episodes are... Sir Patrick. And James Hunt. I was almost going to let you go first there. Sorry, we can edit edit that pause out. (laughs) Seven James on a minisode. Look at this. I suddenly feel a lot less alone. (laughs) Seven James on a minisode where we're not having to fill in for the fact that you haven't done a minisode. Yes, that is uh, (laughs) delightful. (laughs) Um, and so I, I, no, I no longer have to give you my reactions to the comics that Seven James recommended on last week's podcast. Uh, that is a relief. Uh, I'm going to still try and read one of them, you guys. So we'll see, we'll can, see whether can, that happens. Can you read some of the ones that we recommended last year that you haven't read? Because there are I'll some and... that I did actually want to know what you think about them. <laughs> I like how you waited until we highlights. were recording to like <laughs> bring out all the shade. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll I'll think about it basically, um, but instead, what we're going to do is take a look back at the comic book movie news that's broken over the past week, and um, a hell of a lot more broke this week than broke uh, before our Dark Knight episode, um, and so we've got a lot to go through. Guys, should we start with the situation at Fox? <laughs> I mean, who knows what's going on over there? <laughs> I, was gonna say, right. I, th- I think James's laugh there pretty much sums up the reaction. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to say something now which isn't easy for me to say. I don't think Gambit's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finally there. Yeah. I'm fi- like, I, there's still like there's still a, a, a twinkle of hope, but I, I, this, <laughs> this whole situation, I guess, what it comes down to is have Fox rescheduled everything and because of that they've lost Gore Verbinski or have Fox lost Gore Verbinski and rescheduled things? Um, but either way, Gambit yet again doesn't have a director. So, and it doesn't we... have a director who did a music video for Negasonic Teenage Warhead, which is the only reason that you believed it was going to happen yes. because fate. Yeah. Uh, James, you've you've solidly been on the it's not happening train, right? Yep, and I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I think the reason why I'm finally kind of edging towards that side of things because my thought was always. They've got Channing Tatum attached. They're not going to want to lose him to one of the other studios because that's still a guy who, you know, probably is on like the top five or ten in terms of wish lists when any big superhero role comes around. Like, you could have seen him being cast as Shazam, couldn't you? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. I mean, he should have been, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've talked about it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so that was always my thought. But once you move this back, and it's moved back from February 2019 to June 2019, which, you know, it's not a huge gap, but also it, it almost seems like I'd be more confident if it had been moved back further. It's only been moved back that small amount, and they need to bring in a new director to start things afresh again. This also means that it's going to be, presumably, the Disney deal will be completed by then. I don't think anyone expects it not to be signed <clears> off. So, I mean, the timeline I've seen for the Disney deal is 12 to 18 months. Right, okay. But even so, you know, kind of when the, the closer you edge towards that, the, cl- the kind of more sceptical I become about any of Fox's plans. Because oh, sure, yeah. How can they plan long term? And I think... This moving back, like, smacks to me of, ah, uh, it's it's maybe a little bit too close to the precipice to actually start planning anything. Maybe maybe you maybe you hold back this film that you've been holding for so long and see what Kevin Feige has to say. <laughs> there, there has always been this kind of elephant in the room with Gambit and the idea of a Gambit movie, which is, Gambit's not that popular. Like, <laughs> I mean, he, the thing is, right... He was super popular in well, the 90s. Yes, there and... is a, this is the thing. There is a very specific version of Gambit from a very specific era in a very specific medium, by which I mean the cartoon. <laughs> and, and that popularity did translate to the comics because in the comics for a while they were doing Gambit and Rogue exactly as they were in the cartoon. Do you know what, though? But, I think that's exactly why they've been pressing forward with this. But, but Jumanji just they, made they have, 300 the, million the, the, at the box office. <laughs> Jumanji, a film that kids vaguely enjoyed in 1995, <laughs> but, and 25 years later, those kids are old enough that they're buying the tickets for themselves and taking their kids, and that's how it makes money. A billion but the dollars. popularity of Gambit in that era is basically so intrinsically linked with the popularity of Rogue and the popularity of Rogue. Like, people who love Gambit from that era don't really necessarily just love Gambit. They love Gambit and Rogue. That is the thing. That is the thing that people latched onto. And so firstly, if that's not the movie you're going to do, you know, what else is there with Gambit? And, you know, he does have character attributes that could potentially make him interesting. But if you look at comics featuring Gambit with with just his name on the cover over the past 20 odd years... They don't sell. They might have sold a bit in the when he had his like four issue miniseries in the nineties. That probably did okay, <laughs> but any other time they've tried to do a Gambit series, it has not sold and it's got cancelled because you know he's not he's someone who, in the context of the X Men, can work quite well as this guy hanging around, speaking in a funny voice and being loush and, and cool. <laughs> but like, he, yeah, he he doesn't sustain stories on his own. He just doesn't. And I do. You know, I do I, want to do a quick fact check and point out that Gambit sustained about I think twenty five issues in a solo series plus a six issue mini tacked on. That many. Uh, I mean, thirty ish issues isn't bad for a solo X Men character. It's not bad, but it's not great, is it? Yeah, so, I mean um, that that was the best part of 15, 20 years ago as well. So it's exactly. been a while and even since then. Well, this is the thing: the, the twenty twelve series, like. The James Asmus one. The 2012 series, which had a writer who really, really was a fan of Gambit and really you know, wanted to do stories with that character, and an artist in Clay Mann, who's a really great artist who was really well suited to it, that tanked. And then he was in, I think it was, I think it was in All New X Factor, and Peter David pretty much blamed the fact that Gambit was in it for that book getting cancelled. <laughs> I mean, did I know he, this is Peter David. Did he blame Gambit on his about. taxes as well? <laughs> I, I wonder whether now our best chance of seeing Gambit is in another movie and almost that 
Fox kind of view this next 18 months as a bit of internal stakeholder management. Like, <laughs> if we can prove to the Disney people in advance that these movies are a good idea, so we'll bed Gambit into either an X-Men or an X-Force movie, and then and then we'll go, oh, look, we got Channing Tatum, he wants to play this role. People liked him in that movie, let's make it. If we're being fully realistic, the best place for Gambit is a Deadpool movie. Because that's the tone you need for Gambit. Yeah. Play, play it comedy. <clears throat> exactly. Because he is inherently ridiculous. Well, like his... fingers crossed for that. This is a guy who's supposed to be a, a sneaking thief who wears a big coat and metal boots. And makes things explode. <laughs> <laughs> um, as much as I think that on this podcast the headline from all of this was Gambit, um, I think for most people the headline will be that New Mutants has moved back ten months. This it is... Was... It's it was due to insane. it was due to come out in April. Uh, we'd already We've seen, seen the a trailer. A, a very as, as as I'm told, a very heavy social media campaign. And so, I, yeah, okay, it was due out in April. Right. It's been pushed back to February 2019. Literally the day before this news, Den of Geek got in touch with me and were like, "There's a new mutants advert cam- campaign coming. Do you have any like new mutants pitches you can send us?" <laughs> so that's how like quickly this happened. So so the so the film's PR had no idea that this was coming essentially. Essentially. So maybe not in, that, not in the UK at me, least. It makes me wonder what's going on like internally what what has been the thing that has prompted this because uh, I don't think there was any kind of rumours that Fox weren't happy with New Mutants. The only thing that I've seen reported attached to this is that, given the extra time, they might try and dial up the horror elements even more. Mm-hmm. So so it's not kind of like they've seen some kind of negative reaction and want to do something different with it. They've gone, oh, no, actually, let's... I mean, uh... can, I, can I, like, run through some theories here just quickly? Because I was trying to figure this out, right? Okay. And so if... If the thing is they've gone, oh, this is a horror movie, let's make it more of a horror movie, why aren't they aiming for October when all the horrors, horror movies come out? Because surely that is the time mm. to be like, oh, we've got a superhero uh, It's not that easy, though. Movie. You've got, with the with the blockbuster release calendar as it is, you kind of need to find a <laughs> slot where you're not... Because com- honestly, we're, I mean, we're in between a Dark Knight and Hellboy 2 episode on the podcast... Hellboy 2 is a movie that made quite a lot of money in its first week. The Dark Knight came out the week after and crushed <laughs> it. it. So you've got, to, you've got to kind of find these windows for these yeah, movies. But then there and are maybe, no... maybe you don't want to release a superhero horror movie near actual horror movies that people are a bit more confident are actually going to scare them at that time yeah, of year. Yeah, but also it's like this is a year with no Marvel movies in the second half of the year. It's wide open for it. Potentially. Uh, yeah. it's It's... It's difficult to get your head around. The The other small factor in all of this is that Deadpool 2 has been moved up two weeks uh, to May the 18th. So we're now getting that now. Um, but yeah, lots <laughs> do... of changes within um, the Fox side of the superior. Universe. I mean, the other thing I do wonder is whether they know because of this, like, you know, 12 to 18 month deal completion thing, they know they're not going to have a big X-Men film next year. So well, maybe done. they've gone, well, this one's done, but, you know, we can hold off because it's not tied to any of the others. When's Dark Phoenix out? Is that out this year still? That's out at the end of this year, yeah. Right, okay. Maybe that. Maybe they wanted to give New Mutants more breathing room of yeah, it might, of Dark Phoenix. Yeah, it might just be an accounting thing where they've gone, like, we need a big release next year. This film is done and will probably be all right. Let's make that our big X-Men push for 2019. Yeah. Uh, we should also note, I, I don't think we spoke about this in the podcast last week, um, 
it's been reported that Tim Miller, who directed the first Gambit movie, is developing a Kitty Pryde <clears throat> movie. First Deadpool movie. <laughs> what did I say? Did I say that? You said Gambit first Gambit movie. movie. <laughs> Just Gambit. The Jesus non-existent Christ. Gambit movie. Maybe yeah. if, if, if Tim Miller got attached to it, maybe it might actually <laughs> Tim Miller, Yeah, Tim Miller could still direct the first Gambit movie. <clears throat> But there he's also developing one. a Kitty Pride movie. Do we actually do? Is that should we put that down on the list of probably never going to happen? Yeah, because she's not a standalone character. She's like the neophyte X Men. Like, why? Mm. Why would you try and develop her in a solo context? And yeah. I mean, I mean, at least it's not Joss Whedon. But like, uh, they couldn't find a woman to do this because you know Tim Miller did a fine job with Daredevil, but. Does that mean he has to do Deadpool. all the roles? He did a fine job with Deadpool. <laughs> I was just bringing back an old, <laughs> no. an old cinematic universe catchphrase from 2015 when I used to always say Daredevil instead of Deadpool. Or did I say Deadpool instead of Daredevil? I think I think I did both. Like we uh, but Joe was getting things wrong. I just wanted to make him feel better. Um, yes, Tim Miller, who I nearly called TJ Miller, uh, <laughs> did a fine job. Also in Deadpool. Yes, but... Uh, probably not in Deadpool 3. Uh, probably won't, <laughs> wouldn't be in Deadpool 2 if they could have anything to do about it. Um, uh, yeah, he did a fine job with Deadpool, but does that mean, oh, he's just the go-to guy for these things now? It's not very imaginative, is it? And, you know, a standalone film about a female superhero character, um, if only there was some recent um, history that could show us whether or not it might be a good idea to give that to a female director. <laughs> I, think I mean, just to keeping be, Tim Miller busy. To be completely yeah, 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 honest, work on that movie. Yeah. Forget that we fired you from the franchise that you successfully launched. <laughs> to be completely honest, I don't think we're going to see any X Men movies probably after New Mutants until Marvel get hold of them. I think I think the Deadpool side of that universe will keep trudging on. It's making money. It makes yeah, sense but to stop uh, like it. Deadpool it's three, not, it's not going to. It's not going to uh, seamlessly fit into the Disney side of things. So Dead, let Deadpool, Deadpool three going. isn't going to be like. Until 2020, 2021, is it? No, but there's gonna there'll be an X Force movie. Will there? Yeah. Uh, like my prediction is, New Mutants is going to be the last X Men movie for some time. While that Marvel is... figure out what they're doing with the X Men. I mean that that is a big shout. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, I think I think there's too much money to be made just by simply releasing them to stop. I was I was right about Gambit. <laughs> You're not right about Gambit yet. <laughs> <laughs> to date, I am correct about Gambit. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, we'll move on now uh, over to DC. And John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein have been hired to direct Flashpoint. Um, so this is the other movie that has had a bunch of directors. Um, we started off with Seth Graham Smith, I think, uh, who was the guy who wrote Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Uh, they then brought in Rick Famuyiwa, who had done uh, Dope. Uh, there was Lord and Miller, who had, I think, written a treatment for the script very early on, so they were being heavily linked to this. Uh, Robert Zemeckis was being heavily linked to this. Um, but we eventually got John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who, uh, for the purposes of our podcast, probably best known for writing the screenplay for Spider-Man Homecoming, or at least, I think, were the first <laughs> writers hired on that. Um, and they're... So uh, that's them as writers. You may also recognise John Francis Daly as um, the main kid from Freaks and Geeks. That's where he started off his career. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, which is just bizarre that he's transitioned into this. Um, but yeah, as as directors, they directed that Vacation reboot. 
uh, from the other year with Ed Helms, which I, I think fails to capture imaginations. Uh, they've got Game Night coming out later this year, which uh, stars Rachel McAdams, Jason Bateman, uh, Jesse Plemons, Kyle Chandler. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what that looks like in this context. But there's nothing really on their CV that screams hire us to direct this movie which is going to be potentially rebooting the entire dceu i think that's a matter of perspective i think there's nothing on their cv that suggests hire them for this movie if it's actually going to exist but if it's not going to exist (laughs) then what does it matter Uh, see i read this as a as a like a you know uh, something out of marvel's playbook like let's hire these two guys who uh to borrow a football term, as me and Seb were doing pre-podcast, um, he, he's like they're, they're like game managers. Uh, they are the Alex Smith of uh, superhero movie. I don't characters. understand any of these references. Yes. You're talking about the wrong kind of football, um, <laughs> the right kind. Uh, but what I'm saying is that, like, are they are they doing a Marvel and going? Let's hire these two guys who, basically, at this point, we can essentially get them to manage the projects. But they'll do what we want. They're not going to do anything too flashy to it. They're not going to try and do like Zack Snyder's visuals. They've not I got mean, like a Joss Whedon personality that's going to shine through the movie. It's going to be a functional movie that tells a flash story that allows us to do this other stuff. Well, this is the thing. None of this sounds like it's going to be the big, epic, universe-shattering story that completely resets the continuity, does it? If this says anything to me, if this film is even going to happen, is that it's not going to end up being Flashpoint anymore. It's it going to go feel back a bit to like... just being a Flash movie. It does feel yeah, a bit Trump's like... had what... thoughts about it, though. Like recently, they've already done Flashpoint on TV. Mm. There've got to be other Flash stories they can tell. Uh, they didn't really do Flashpoint on TV though. They really didn't. Yeah, true. They kind of like name checked it and did something <laughs> different. Um, yeah, no. Jeff Johns was talking. I'm sure, like back at it, like as recently as December, saying that this is something that you could only do in the DCEU. And then reference the Batman of it all. So I think that the implication was that there was going to be, you know, like um, Thomas Wayne as Batman. That 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 was a thing that you were <sighs> going to see. It was going to be a more um, a more literal adaptation of Flashpoint. Can I? Can the, I? The ju- Batman can I just, we deserve. Can I? Can, can I just maybe bring something up that I don't know if it has been discussed in in that great detail in in relation to all of this. Flashpoint is shit. <laughs> Why it's not is good, is it? This, why is the, all this big deal around, oh, we're doing Flashpoint, we're going to do Flashpoint, let's do another Flashpoint. And what, an I don't really understand, Let's do a live-action one. It's rubbish. Like, the best part it, of DC Flash has not, got so many good alternate universe, alternate continuity the best stories. Flashpoint was the last three Am I right in thinking, what Flashpoint set up ultimately failed? Well, it went for a couple of That relaunch didn't work. Yeah, It was New 52 and it lasted for like three or four years, was it? Five. Five. Uh, okay. start, started in September 2011, ended in May 2016. Yeah, just when they when years. they went, oh, this hasn't worked. Let's undo it. Yeah. So it's just it's just a very a very bizarre thing. Um, Jeff Snyder, the um, the movie reporter, uh, was <laughs> no relation. Was, uh, <laughs> he tweeted that um, Ben Affleck had actually passed on this. Um, <laughs> which is and have interesting. We, have we seen the rumours about who Matt Reeves apparently wants for Batman? Is this the Jake Gyllenhaal stuff? Yeah, which has been has been kind of simmering away in the background for a while. I was going to um, say, I'm sure we talked about that before. It's 
and, and there's talk that this could be like Affleck's last film. That if they do reboot the continuity, then what comes afterwards is a different Batman. I, 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 I just right now I just don't care. You know, I, I'm kind of like I will watch a Matt Reeves Batman movie. I absolutely will. But like this, the the only thing that I can think is that by hiring John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, that they have gone. We want to dial up the comedy. These two guys, uh, their big hit was Horrible Bosses. They did uh, Burt Wonderstone. Obviously, <laughs> I spoke about Vacation. Um, I, I think that's why they've been hired here. Is that like it's like a cut rate Lord and Miller, and we're going to dial up <laughs> the comedy and just like do the other stuff around them. I love Personally. the idea of hiring a cut-rate Lord and Miller for something where you had the actual Lord and Miller <laughs> yeah. wanting to do it. Oh, Seb, sorry, they also did write the screenplay for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too, so they are literally I mean, uh, the second one. I heard it was alright. I just, yeah. I just want to see Warner get their shit together. Like, I don't care whether they reboot Batman or undo the continuity or anything. I just want them to. <clears throat> make some good movies that are worth watching and worry about the universe building later based on justice league there is absolutely the potential to do a fun funny superhero movie with the ezra miller version of the flash Mm -hmm. and that you know maybe this is them starting to move towards that and away from flashpoint because i see you know if it is then great because that's exactly the kind of thing they should do next something what if it's focuses on the strengths that came out of justice league with one of the characters do what they've already done quite well with that character and just expand on that and just just make people like them again like they did with wonder woman right well let's let's talk about our other piece of dc news um which i, I don't know i like sounds interesting the movie sounds interesting at the at the very least um shazam Mark Strong apparently was cast in Shazam Before Christmas. We all completely missed that <laughs> happening. Um, but he has confirmed in an interview, again, bizarrely, apparently the premiere of Cirque du Soleil last week, um, <laughs> that he is playing Dr. Savannah. Have I pronounced that correctly, guys? I yeah. don't have well, a clue. As far as I know, that's how I pronounce it. All right. Um, um, and, the, and the movie has been confirmed for an April 5th, 2019 release date. So uh, just one month after New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Mark Strong back to DC in uh, in a villain capacity. He says he's got unfinished business. He never actually got to play a villain the first time around, did he? <laughs> mm, yeah, he's not really the villain in it, is he? No. In fact, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Sinestro's a good guy all the way through Green Lantern. And I mean, it's just good like in the post- commas, but yeah. Yeah, but the post-credit sting is him turning evil yeah. and putting on a yellow ring or something. Um... I mean, I love Mark Strong. I really do. Um, I'm generally happy to see him cast in things. I still think he should be Lex Luthor. Um, Dr. Savannah is also bald, but he's also, <laughs> like, small and weedy. Um, he's... Uh, Mark Strong is... Uh, I mean, you can look at a picture of Mark Strong in Kingsman and maybe sort of start to see it, but um, Mark Strong is, you know... Well, he's strong looking. You know, he's a he's got a deep voice. He's a relatively beefy guy. He plays good, deep voiced villain type characters and occasionally hero type characters. Doctor Savannah is this kind of weedy, sniveling scientist guy. I mean, he is you know the main um, Captain Marvel villain, pretty much. Um, Even more than Black Adam. It depends if you count Black Adam as a villain, really. Um, okay, but. <laughs> The other one, I suppose. I mean, he he is the Lex Luthor to 
um, to Captain Marvel. I mean, at least they're not doing Mr. Mind, who is a, a bug in a jar. Um, <laughs> but, uh, there's, some cra- there's some crazy shit in old Captain Marvel comics. There really is. I don't know if they're going to do the Talking Tiger or not, but they really should. Uh, well, do you know what? Do you know what? I was quite excited to see. There is a Billy Batson in the movie. They've cast a kid as Billy Batson. He's on mm. the IMDb page. There's been set pictures of him. Um, and there's there's just looking at the IMDb. There's other kids in this cast. Yeah. Um, which I think is going to make this feel fresh. Which is bizarre, given that like what this is like one of the original concepts and a bit of a throwback. A kid mm. who gets to transform into a superhero, but. We've never seen that, have we? We've never, and and I think it could be. I think it could be quite fun, mm. and as long as they don't try and do something too DC self serious with it, I think that it could be a refreshing twist for the superhero genre. Hmm. I've actually, I've just 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 from doing a bit of Google, I've just seen a picture of what Doctor Savannah looks like in current continuity, which I hadn't seen. Uh, he looks like Mark Strong. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they have changed him, and he, lo- I mean, he looks like Lex Luthor. And he looks like Mark Strong. Um, so they're obviously going for something, you know. I feel like this is, and this is the reason why I do think this film will happen. This is a personal project for Jeff Johns. Uh, Jeff Johns is a big fan of Shazam. And I think he wants to do a movie that's very like his Shazam comics. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure the only reason DC are currently publishing Shazam comics is because Jeff Johns wanted to to bring him in properly, because there's no other reason to have him around, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> that, and so the other thing that uh, that I think is quite interesting about this is, as well as Jeff Johns, we were talking last week about how Walter Hamada was the guy who'd been brought in to kind of oversee DC, um, and that he'd come in from the the like horror side of DC. So it worked on your Annabelle's and those kind of movies and lights out. And and actually the sequel to Annabelle and lights out were both directed by David F. Sandberg, who's directing Shazam. Uh, So there's clearly, there's clearly a connection both there for Aquaman and for um, Shazam. And you wonder whether that that's kind of almost now the new, the new creative hub for Warner Brothers is that they're horror side of things, and they're mm. and they're bringing that over, that kind of imagination over into the superhero side, and see if they can replicate the success. So yeah, I think there's it. You know, it's good if there's people involved in this who are passionate about uh, the character and about the idea. And Mark Strong, yes, I, I mean, I'm I'm never going to be upset to see Mark Strong in yeah. a movie, even if he's not playing Lex Luthor. <laughs> Even if. Um let's move on now uh to a bit of a a bit of a Marvel roundup. Uh there's a few things to talk about. Uh, we obviously referenced uh some breaking news in the last podcast that the Black Widow movie was being developed, which is good news. Um it was acknowledged on Twitter this week by James Gunn that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is coming out in 2020. Uh, so we kind of know their releases up to about halfway through 2019 right now because mm-hmm. Marvel has kept dumb about what happens beyond Phase Three. Um, it feels like those things. If, if Black Widow movies in development, Guardians of the Galaxy Three is confirmed for that date. It feels like that stuff might start to leak out a little bit now as we get closer to Infinity War. Do you think? Yeah. That we might because they're going to have to go into production on movies mm. post Infinity War soon. They've just wrapped on. on 
on, uh, well, whatever it's called now, Avengers 4, Infinity War Part 2. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably, <clears throat> probably Infinity Gauntlet. Um, yeah. I mean, what? Guardians the- Guard of the Galaxy 3, one of the least surprising entries to kickstart that stuff. <laughs> I mean, it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. It does kind of shut down any idea that they might be ending the continuity with... Mm. Avengers yeah. 4, which is something some people still thought. Well, I, I, do we want to talk about the the little things that have leaked about Avengers 4, the hints that we've got about Avengers 4 in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> I'm not sure I know what they are. Okay, so well, I mean, so the first one is, as, as was reported on the uh, internet as if it was news, uh, they had a wrap cake for the Avengers 4, and, right. the, and the cake was Thanos. Like, so Thanos confirmed as villain for Avengers 4, shocked shock horror <laughs> Thanos is going to be around for both of the Infinity War movies um, but also there's been set pictures of uh, Cap in his original Avengers costume uh, and there's been a couple there were a couple of things that were photographed on set that kind of hinted towards like scenes we'd seen before and so um, I'm wondering whether there's some timey-wimey Infinity Gauntlet stuff going on I mean, in that movie they do have uh, time gem so yep Exactly, and I'm wondering whether we're we're going to see, because uh, I mean, there's been rumours before, as there, as of course there would be that some dead characters would be resurrected in some form uh, in in Avengers Four. Um, you wonder whether you'll see Thanos get the gauntlet by the end of Infinity War and then use the gauntlet in in Infinity Gauntlet, and that could do some trippy stuff. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I wonder whether almost this will be like little tweaks to the continuity that Marvel are able to do rather than a Flashpoint complete re- reboot, but maybe they tweak a couple of things and set themselves up for other characters being more prominent afterwards than they were before. And who knows, maybe a recasting. The might could you, could you imagine, is there is there any one of those characters that you think, uh, I think they probably want to keep that character around, even though the actors leave in. Could <laughs> could we have a new Iron Man? Could we have a new Captain America? For I, if I was going to bet on anyone, I would say they're going to like because Chris Evans is so obviously ready to be done with it. Yeah. I think they they could quite easily keep Captain America but ditch Chris Evans. Do you mean keep? But do you mean recast as Steve? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I I would think that they could bring in a different character to be the be Captain America. Sure. Uh, but I'm not sure about Steve. But I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a character recast. I a think, one. like to be honest, I think 
Marvel will eventually hit the fa- the like point where they have to recast someone. And as soon as they start doing it, it's going to make it easier because people accept new James Bonds. Like it's it not, it's not going to be a problem once they get past I, the I, initial resistance to it. James Bond is a good comparison. And the comparison I was going to make was Batman, but I think the characters are too intrinsically linked to the actors. And I think the reasons people like the characters well, are that's too the intrinsically thing, though. linked to the actors. At the moment they are, but as soon as they get over the hump, like, let's I face just, it, you know, no, one, know no one was upset. bigger than the actors who played well, them. I mean, they've already done it to some extent. Not like, with major characters. Well, you? Bruce they might Banner. Have done it with the Warriors 3. But... War Machine? <laughs> I said not sure. with major characters. They're not, still... with char- not, not with characters that anybody likes. I mean, War Machine <laughs> and the Hulk. Who likes those guys? <laughs> guys, I'm going to pitch a way that you do this. Right at the end of Avengers 4, some new, some small little Canadian bloke walks into the screen and goes, Oh, I'm Wolverine. And then, oh, we've recast Wolverine in the MCU, and that leaves the door open to do it with all the other characters. They they see what the reaction's like, and they go from there. <laughs> that was my Wolverine impression for you listeners. Very, very lucky. You didn't even say um, the word bub. <laughs> oh, hello, bub. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, and we'll move on now to final piece of news. It's not really news. This is rumours. Uh, there are two rumours circulating out around the internet at the moment regarding Spider-Man. Um, and uh, appropriately for Spider-Man, they're in two different universes. Uh, so we'll start with the Sony stuff. Um, one of the guys from Collider said that he thinks slash knows that Tom Holland's Spider-Man will be appearing in Venom. Uh, guys, A, do you believe it? B, is it a good idea? Uh... It's definitely a good idea <laughs> because I think we're we're on record as... What's the point of doing Venom without any connection to Spider-Man? Yeah, but what if what if all of this stuff is so counterintuitive to what they're doing with Spider-Man in the MCU that it kind of sours things? I mean, it is it's sort of tough to do Venom with Tom Holland Spider-Man because, mm. like, if you're doing the Eddie Brock version of Venom, you kind of need him to see Spider-Man as a rival, not like an annoying kid. Like yeah. it's not a natural chemistry if that's what if that's the way they're going with it. It's not to say so, it couldn't be done, but you know. Um, so yeah, but do do you believe that it's going to happen? Well, no. I, but, I, I, yeah, me me either. Really, I think if I, anything, I they might they might do a Spider Man in which it's like a kind of. Do you remember when Iron Man was in the first episode of Agents of Shield? By which I, I mean, see. there was a red and gold blur that flew through the sky. <laughs> oh really that is the level of inclusion <laughs> i would expect to see in this film like best case scenario it's a photo on a newspaper yeah like um, acknowledging that this is a spider-man that exists in the universe but not that it is the tom holland mcu spider-man fair enough um the second rumor now this is something that i saw before christmas and kind of dismissed as i don't believe this i think this is bollocks i'm not going to talk about it in the podcast uh <laughs> there was a video circulating online of uh like a young unknown french actress reading for the role of gwen stacy and i thought oh that's probably some actress who's trying to luck and has released this video going oh yeah hello I, I, gwen stacy hello peter parker and then thinking maybe this video will get picked up and go viral and people will see me um so that's what i thought uh and then um 
I was having a chat with someone who's well placed in the like movie news internet um, on Twitter recently, and uh, he told me that uh, there is casting going on for Gwen Stacy at present, and that agencies are being asked to submit actresses with European looks and European accents. Um, so apparently that could be a thing a European Gwen Stacy which on one hand seems completely counterintuitive and and that's why I didn't really believe it in the first place but I I do wonder like if they're doing that high school vibe the whole idea of like a French exchange student I I could absolutely see it what do you think? I think anything that makes Gwen Stacy interesting is probably a good idea. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Emma Stone did a good enough job, didn't she? Yeah, considering I mean, considering anything, everything. Yeah, yeah, considering the forces that were against her, like if Which anything, was the movies she was in. Well, quite like the thing is, she did such a good version of Gwen Stacy. It's almost like, well, you might as well just do something radically different. And it's not like Gwen so? Stacy is so iconic in anything other than visual. That you couldn't change her. Yeah. As Seth, what, what, what do you reckon? Quite successfully. Well, quite. In fact, is this is this a connection to the fact that after um, <laughs> Ultimate Peter Parker died, yeah. Gwen and May went to live in Paris for a while? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. As you would, right? Maybe that's it. I kind of now, I, I, I can see it. You know, I can see it in that universe. They weren't af- afraid to do something radically different with Mary Jane. Um and kind of reinvent that character. And yeah. I mean, basically, that first movie just took names, didn't it? And said, <laughs> that character's that name, that character's that name, that character's that name. <laughs> Deal and... with it. Yeah. The only, um, like, so, the only thing yeah. I'd say is that whoever they cast as Gwen Stacy, you can imagine them having one eye on Spider-Gwen as well. And if that's yes. what they're doing, yes. having like, oh, you know, French exchange student Gwen Space Gwen Stacy Gwen Spacey. Yeah, you need to, got to stop, needs to stop calling her that. <laughs> French exchange student Gwen Stacy is also Spider Gwen. Like that seems like a harder sell to me. Yeah, but potentially, it's not to say it isn't happening. I wonder who owns the rights to Spider Gwen. I mean, is she, she is, is Gwen. She is Gwen Stacy, so they would be with Sony. Right. Okay. In and which case, derivative of Spider-Man. So, uh... in which case, Marvel probably don't care. <laughs> they might be actively trying to torpedo it <laughs> until you give us the rights back. We're going to ruin your characters. <laughs> um, and just before we move on from Marvel, we got an image of Ant-Man and the Wasp together, didn't we? In their new costumes. <laughs> well, in their cost- existing costumes, <laughs> yeah, the Ant-Man costume's a bit different, and also they've made the Wasp costume look a bit worse. It's it's. I mean, you, you compare it side by side. It's um, it's darker. It is kind of the same sort of design, but the all the colours kind of been drained out of it. Yeah, like I um, really like the kind of bold black and gold look for the wasp, yeah. as we saw that costume before. And the set photos of Evangeline Lilly in the costume haven't made it look black and gold. They've made it look blue and red and. Mm. A bit generic, Marvel-y, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. it looks a, a little bit like a Falcon costume. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a bit like a superhero costume, but also not. <laughs> the main thing that, that this photo did was to to remind me of Ant Man. Which <laughs> I have a funny thing, which is that when when he's not around, I kind of forget that that film and that character exist. 
and then I'm reminded of him, and I and I love him. I, I, I you know, I really yeah. like the film. I love Paul Rudd. I like that character. Loved it when he turned up in Civil War. Thought he was terrific throughout. Um, but for some reason, whenever I think of kind of the sequence of the MCU films or the characters that are knocking around, I always forget about Ant Man until I actually see him, I mean, and then I see him it's... and I go, oh yeah, great. It's because it's been like two years since he was actually on screen. Yeah, yeah. Like it's quite a long it's... time in Marvel Marvel movies. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time since his solo movie as well. So if you think about it, it's, it's what it's going to be three it's years. Be nearly. Yeah, is it going to be over it three was, years it, though? Between it, it, getting, getting on for three years, it was. It like, was one of our earliest new release films. It was like August, was August twenty fifteen. Yeah. Was it? It was quite early. Yeah, it was the month I left London, and I've since moved to another city since then. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was That's a long why. time. There we go. Crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I, my my gripe with these costumes, and I've mentioned this on Twitter, is that I just don't understand why Evangeline Lilly's costume has to be more figure-fitting than Paul Rudd's. Um, Paul Rudd's got jacked up for these movies. We didn't have a we didn't have a costume that clung to his crotch. That is the case for Evangeline um, Lilly. She's got to be aerodynamic, Joe. Joe. She's got to be aerodynamic. <laughs> Joe, you do understand why. You don't agree with the reason why. You know exactly why. I understand the reason why, but I yeah. don't understand the reason why it's still happening in 2017. It's 2018, yeah. for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it is a shame. Um, okay, we'll move on to our final piece of news now. Uh, and this is, there's not much we can talk about it other than to say we are delighted because The Tick has been picked up for a second season by Amazon. Yay! Well, Even though we haven't seen the news. second half of season one no. yet, because that's coming no. next month, isn't it? Oh, that's uh, exciting, isn't it? I'm it not. I'm not exciting. delighted because I have too much TV to watch already, and I'm never going to get to it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're not delighted because you finally watched the first half of season one and didn't like it. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm happier with you not watching it than with you watching it and not liking it and harsh. James, our name me two shows that you're going to watch before the tick. Mister you... Robot and. Yep. Ugh, the rest of Riverdale? <laughs> no, right, okay, so you need to prioritise the tick over Mr. Robot. No, I refuse Mr. to accept that. Mr. Robot, quite frankly, can go fuck itself. We're going to have oh, this discussion at some point. Bad, bad TV show. It's a bad TV show. I disagree strongly. <laughs> okay, can we talk about a good TV show, which is The Tick, and it's awesome yes. that it's coming back, and I'm really happy. I hope the second season, uh, the second half of the first season sticks the landing from the first half. Uh, but it's going to be interesting watching the that now, knowing that it's not leading up to a possible ending. Um, you know that, that we will be getting that second season of it. It's it's quite an interesting thing to find out at this point, I think. But they must have confidence in it based on how well it must have presumably done. You better hope it's not like when they, they decided the that. You better hope it's not like when they decided they were going to extend Prison Break. Well, oh, what that it's got a natural endpoint, and that they should never have made any more. Yes, and in in yeah. the words of Mark Corrigan, by the end, you wanted to escape from the prison that watching Prison Break had become. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like for the uh, that sorry that made me laugh. Uh, I would like it if the end of the first season of The Tick suddenly did like uh, a Nick Fury style cameo at the end that teased um, teased the return of the characters from the from the Tick sitcom. Not the I same actors. I, I wonder if they if they would find a way to work in like Patrick Warburton or something. Or... Well, uh, not even Patrick Warburton, but the characters of Bat- Batman Well and La- Lady Liberty. 
Yeah. I'd very, I'd very Bat- much Batman like to see Batman would show. be one to drop in and would seem like an obvious choice to maybe pick up for a second season. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm just, I, 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 for... I feel like they, they're going to do a lot more with Superior in the second half of the season because that was just starting to build in the in the first half of, of the first season. So. And hopefully a lot more of Miss Lint, who is fantastic. It's just a great show. It's a great show. Great show. Definitely better than Mr. Robot. I'm, okay. I'm not rising to it. I'm not rising to it. <laughs> uh, let's move on now uh, to our final section. Oh, mm. as it used to be on the podcast, on the main episode <laughs> of the podcast. Now on the minisode, our final section is the pitch. I definitely um, remembered this was happening. <laughs> well, I know from uh, an email prize to the podcast that Seb is uh, very confident in his pitch. I so, have put actual thought into it. Given that, um, I mean, I should probably remind the listeners of what the pitch was. <laughs> yeah, uh, the listeners. I, yeah, I haven't got it written down in front of me, so I'll, I'll try and do it from memory and hope that I don't slightly contradict something that Seb has carefully <laughs> planned his answer around. <laughs> but I, I roughly wanted to know, if you were going to make a sequel to The Dark Knight that could still use the Joker, what would that movie have been? So you're not damned to the hell of having to make The Dark Knight Rises. You can do whatever you want to with that <laughs> sequel, essentially. Uh, what do you want to do uh, with that movie? James, would it make you feel better <laughs> if I went to Seb first? Please. Okay, Seb, give us your pitch for the... Uh, oh, I'm just remembering how your last pitch went. James, best <laughs> behaviour. Best behaviour. Seb, what's your pitch? Um... So I'd I'd like to adapt a story from uh, from one of DC's Christmas. St- no, I'm not. It's, I'm not doing Christmas stories. <laughs> Let him uh, talk, James. Let him talk. <laughs> For God's sake. So I've actually, with a bit of a twist on on your concept, I haven't come up with something that is in an alternate universe where Heath Ledger didn't die. It's in an alternate universe where Heath Ledger did still die, but that they still decided to have the sequel be about the Joker. Um, <laughs> So this would play on the twin themes. Um, The theme from The Dark Knight of the fact that in The Dark Knight you had all these people running around pretending to be Batman and the theme that in real life after The Dark Knight you had all these people running around pretending to be the Joker. (laughs) And basically there would be a wave of Joker impersonators in Gotham City, all dressed up like Heath Ledger's This Joker. is in such poor taste. I think we should stop the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Let him talk, James! So, there is there is the, essentially this, this wave of anarchic, chaotic crime brought on by all of these Joker impersonators around Gotham, and they're all kind of mostly a bit rubbish because they're all the kind of people who would dress up as Heath Ledger's Joker, essentially. Um, you know, you just basically transplant them from from real life into the movie. I was going to um, say, I don't know why you were trying to make me relive that. <laughs> that horror. Well, the thing is, is that... Um, well, two things... Well, basically, they also... They all start turning up dead... Uh, and then it transpires that they are being led slash, you know, organised slash created, whatever, by a, another Joker who is uh, a guy with slicked back hair and silver teeth and tattoos oh and a big purple coat, and that that he is he has proclaimed himself to be the new Joker. Uh, but at the very end of the film, he gets murdered, and we just see the back of the head of 
essentially Heath Ledger's Joker and a and a cackle that's you know just pulling a sample from the original Dark Knight. Um, so the original Joker has murdered all of the impersonator Jokers and then disappears again. I thought you were going to say Jack Nicholson. I mean, I don't uh, think any of this movie actually needs to have Batman in it, but... Uh, that's what could, I was going to say, where is Batman? <laughs> we could... Oh, now, you see, you, you've actually just added something that I didn't think of, but yes, let's absolutely have Jack Nicholson in there as Jack Napier. Um, even if he's not a Joker, let's have him as Jack Napier. Or let's have Jack Napier be the Jared Leto Joker, but just dressed as the Jared Leto Joker. <laughs> No, I don't really uh, want to see Jack Nicholson with his shirt off. That's a bad idea. Don't do that one. But do everything else. So there you go. So a film that riffs on the idea of people in Gotham being inspired by the Joker to try and copy him. But the um, real Joker comes back and kills him. We don't actually have to see him. So, as I say, just, just in shadow, just the back of his head and just a laugh. And that's enough. Given given your confidence, I'm surprised that I think that James still has a chance. <laughs> You, you basically just described a movie full of things that wound me up in the years since The Dark Knight. Jared no, Leto's Joker no, and no, people dressed Joe, up as the Joe, Joker. It's catharsis. Did you not hear the fact that they all get brutally murdered? That's the point. <laughs> I think that's a different movie. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how interested Chris Nolan would be. I was about to, to say, I'm not sure how Christopher one. Nolan would take You never said treatment. it had to be a Christopher Nolan movie. Christopher Nolan no. made The Dark Knight Rises and you hate that, so that's, come on. That's true. Who who are you hiring to direct it? Christopher Nolan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> James. Okay. What is your hastily assembled pitch? So my hastily assembled Dark pitch is that at the end of The Dark Knight, you assume that the Joker has been captured. So, like, obviously the Joker doesn't go to prison because you don't put insane people in prison. Uh, you put him in Arkham Asylum. And who else works at Arkham Asylum? Dr. Harleen Quinzel. So my pitch is just do Mad Love, but with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and Heath Ledger. And I think you put those two characters together, you're going to get a lot of chemistry. And I think also Christopher Nolan might actually be interested in the psychology behind someone who was actually attracted to that portrayal of the Joker. It's very interesting. I'm I'm going to do my thing, which is, you know, to... to throw in what mine mine would have been um, can, I, can i just point out a flaw in in james's one before you okay. go margot robbie was still in neighbors when they would have been making a sequel to the dark knight margot robbie would not be harley quinn no the sequel is being made this year you've delayed it for 10 years yeah well that's an even worse idea <laughs> here's my actual my actual real world answer i i think i i respect how respectful chris Nolan was to uh, Heath Ledger and not wanting to even touch the role, I, I would. It would it. It wouldn't be a drastically different film from The Dark Knight Rises. I, I would still explore the themes that Chris Nolan wanted to explore, but acknowledge that the Joker is still there in Arkham, and maybe, maybe have some hint of his anarchy and some hint at the fallout from his character in particular be so, kind of like right. in the back in the background <laughs> of the dark knight rises right so james has basically suggested doing something that or doing a story that already exists adapting yeah. a story that already and exists. you've suggested doing what they were probably going to do anyway but decided not to out of respectfulness which was to have a bit where you see the joker in arkham and i'm losing here i'm not saying that i would i would show the joker i'm saying that i would 
acknowledge some of what he did to the... So hang on, so he's not even going to be in it. So this is... You have the possibility for this premise that you've invented, this alternate universe where you can make another movie with Heath Ledger's Joker in it, (laughs) and and you're choosing not to. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think the only people who've won here... Uh, a Warner because they've got three free pitches and everyone else has lost. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think all of the pitches are hot garbage. <laughs> Mine has Margot all Robbie. Bizarrely, in. better than the Dark Knight Rises. Mine has Margot Robbie in and Heath Ledger in, and I think that's got to be worth some tickets. Yeah, in Australia, <laughs> Australian well, money is almost as good as regular money. <laughs> it's better because it's brightly coloured and it's got a bit of plastic. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, I think that money disappears down the plug hole the wrong way when you flush it away, <laughs> um, which is what we what Warner would be doing with its money if they made any of those three movies. Um, I hate them all. Can I say there's no winner? Not not in the first one of the new format, <laughs> and not when I actually spent time thinking about this one. You yeah, but I hate it, Seb. After Christmas, <laughs> but I really don't like it. <laughs> I don't like either of them. Give me something else. Quick, someone give me something else. Pitch me something. Quick. The Joker's you Jersey belt. <laughs> Seb, can you outdo it? Uh, I'll, be, I'll be happy with a movie of the Joker's utility belt, quite frankly. Okay, the winner of this pitch is the Joker having a utility belt. Yes. For the, for the victory. Third. No, because oh, no, you, you can't have it as a victory, James. Why? I just won. He just picked it. Yeah, but, but it wasn't your it idea. Well. I'm getting the deal. This is going to be stuck in development hell for longer than Gambit. <laughs> okay, so that was the pitch this week. One nil um, to me. Uh, don't forget that um, next week's episode will be on Hellboy 2 The Golden Army. Uh, we're going to be down one of our regular hosts for that one, though, aren't we? Yes, because I'm going to be sulking about how these pitches keep going. <laughs> Seb, you actually can't make our next podcast. No. So we do we we do have a, a special return. I can't guest. wait to see you lay into Mike's pitches the way you lay into mine. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait either. Um Mike Leader is uh returning to guest on the podcast next week. So as as he was our guest on the first Hellboy episode, returning to talk about Hellboy 2, the Golden Army. Because uh, he's actually very ex- uh, exactly. Um although I don't think talking to him that he had seen Hellboy 2 before coming around to uh, to do this episode which is going to be fascinating. I haven't seen it since it was in cinemas uh but I remember when I saw it in cinemas I loved. It. In fact I saw it at Film 4 Summer Screen and fun fact I worked with Mike at Film 4 so it all comes together. Um so that's our next episode. Um if you're enjoying the show then please do subscribe on iTunes Stitcher Player FM or your podcast app of choice and you can support us on patreon.com slash cinematic universe uh you might find more episodes of the show at cinematicmultiverse.com you can get in touch via facebook on twitter at c at cu no it's not is it at cineverse or send us an email to it's not at cineverse either oh shit what the fuck is it cine, cine underscore, underscore verse, verse. Oh, I've, I've i've on my minisode doc i've still got all of the old what does that tell you <laughs> it's, tells it well honestly the last news that i've got on my minisode Doc is the chilling adventures of Sabrina has been ordered by the CW. <laughs> Do you know who they should cast in that? <laughs> Margot Robbie. Yeah. In 2011. I'd watch it. 
I watched Thingy, watching that Will Smith film, Focus. It's a bad movie, but she's great in it. It is the Mr. Robot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get that rise out of you eventually. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at cine underscore verse, and you can send us an email to editorial at cinematicuniverse.com. Thanks for listening, and some of us will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. If I have rage quick right now.